according to most issues that arise in life, uh, you can really look at them through the lens of psychology. Um, you know, oftentimes, whether it's in community dynamics and relationships, um, there's issues, and people always talk about, you know, objective issues and different things, and usually it comes down to psychology of the people involved. What are they thinking? Why are they doing the things that they're doing? Um, and sometimes people don't even know why they're doing what they're doing, but uh, essentially that's what we're going to be doing in Mishle is trying to get into, getting into people's heads, getting into our own heads, really. Our own heads, our own minds, um, how we work, how we think. Another important thing to understand about Mishle, and we'll talk about this uh, many times, um, the word Mishle, what is a mashal, right? So we relate to the word mashal, uh, translated as a parable. I know totally translated as proverbs. Um, the nature of a proverb or a parable is that the story that you're telling is analogous to the lesson, right? So you tell a story, the story itself may have some surface level meaning, but you're really referencing something deeper, uh, something more profound. Um, and this is typically the way of wisdom in general. People who are truly wise uh, talk in proverbs and, and, and riddles almost. Um, and the depth of their wisdom can be understood on many different levels. The reason why that's important, so let me give you a prime example. Uh, the very end of Mishle is a parak, uh, a song of sorts, called Eishas Chayel, which we've all heard of, right? Eishas Chayel describes a, a wife, the, the wife of valor, and most people relate to Eishas Chayel as a story about a wife. This is what a wife is. And that's 100% true, but it's in Mishle, right? So it's a mushal. So yes, you can understand that it face value about a wife. The mushal itself makes sense, but Shlomo Melech isn't simply writing it to tell one how a wife should behave. Shlomo Melech is writing it as an analogy to something else. And the commentators I'll talk about. Uh, in this case, it's, you know, the Ramban says it's talking about the Neshama, others say it's talking about Torah, but... Um, so everything in Mishle that we're going to learn, there's really two blatant levels. There's many, many levels and layers. But the two blatant levels are what's being said on the surface, and then what is it analogous to? What's the nimshal? What's behind it? What's the lesson that we're trying to glean from it more than just the surface? There's wisdom in the surface too. There's wisdom in the, in the, in the, uh, you know, the surface level as well, and the mushal as well but we want to also understand it on the level of the nimshal. Okay. One of the things the, the, the art scroll does, and this is a wonderful book, I've been using this, among other sources. One of the things they do as an introduction to Sefer Mishle uh, is lay out a bunch of terms that are going to be very frequent throughout the Sefer. Um, and I'm going to try as much as possible to use Hebrew terms for these Keywords, and the reason for that is because so much is lost in translation. Um, so, you know, for example, if I told you something called a pesi, a lates, and a ksil, what's the difference between them? Does it mean a pesi? So again, the English is pesi is a simpleton, a lates is a scoffer, and a ksil is a fool. They're all people who don't have chachma, right? But they're distinct. If I use the English words regularly, we would lose that, some of that meaning. Um, a lot of times there are words that are relatively synonymous. So for example, there's terms Chachma, Bina, and Das that all refer to some sort of wisdom or knowledge. Um, if I use English words to translate them, 
you wouldn't really understand what we're talking about. So over the course of our study in Mishle, we're going to learn to define terms, we're going to learn to understand terms, um, but I'm going to actually use the Hebrew for these terms uh, because we'll actually understand them better if we stick with the original Hebrew and then attach the explanation to it versus trying to translate it every time and then having to contend with what our preconceived notions of those terms are already. Um, so let's try to stick with the Hebrew. So those terms that they bring out here are Chachma. Um, again, I'm not going to translate it. Chachma is, again, typically wisdom, but it's called Chachma. Something called Musar. There's something called Bina, which is related in some way to Chachma. There's something called Musar Haskel, which is Musar plus Seichel. Okay, Haskel comes from the word Seichel. Um, then you have Pesi, Leitz, Ksil. Those are all people without Chachma. You have something called Arma. It translates like a shrewdness or a cleverness, which is a, a, a certain element of Chachma. And then there's something called an Evil, which is also in the realm of people who don't have Chachma. So we're going to talk about different forms of Chachma, different forms of good uh, wisdom that helps a person. And we're also going to talk about people who don't get that wisdom and many different forms and reasons why people wouldn't. Um, so those are some of the terms that we're going to come in across regularly. And I'll, we'll talk about them, we'll describe them, um, but we won't translate them. Uh, we'll describe them, we'll, we'll, we'll uh, come to understand them for themselves, but we'll <laughs> stick with the original Hebrew terms. Um, and hopefully we'll get an understanding of what that word is uh, in its original form. With that introduction, let's get started. Mishle starts off with the first uh, six verses, really, are an introduction describing the purpose of the Sefer. Okay? So he writes at the very beginning, the first six verses, why he wrote this Sefer. So let's get into it. Mishle, Shlomo, and David, Melech Yisrael. These are the Mishalim, the Proverbs, of Shlomo, the son of David, who is the king of Yisrael. Um, Shlomo ben David is important. He's, he's describing himself to his father. And Melech um, Yisrael, again, a person of stature who has the ability to be wise. Um, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention the, you, you all learned Melachim, or most of you did, obviously, Shlomo Melech, when he became king, Hashem gave him a, granted him a wish. He asked for Chachma, and Shlomo Melech became the Chachma Mikolodim, who's the wisest of all men. So we have a Sefer talking about Chachma. Who's, who's, who's better equipped to write a Sefer about Chachma than Shlomo HaMelech? Okay. What is the purpose of the Sefer? Says Shlomo Melech the following. Lodas Chachma u Musar. To know Chachma and Musar. Lehavin imre vina. Lehavin means uh, to understand. It's the same word as bina. So I'm going to start off right away by translating these three terms. You're describing these three terms, Chachma, Bina, and Das. Very important to understand this. Right in this verse, we have all three of them. Right? This is La Das, Chachma, Umusar. Das is Das. Chachma is Chachma. Musar is something else. Lehavin, which is the derivative of the word Bina. Uh, Imre Bina. So we have all those terms right here in this puzzle. Um, if we weren't going to define the terms, so then this verse would basically say to know knowledge and to know, know, know knowledge, right? Which, which is, again, very simplistic. We're trying to get, understand this. So what does it mean, la das chachma, right? Chachma and das are two different terms for the same thing. So let's talk about these things. So <coughs> chachma, bina, and das, right? Chabad, the, the acronym. Uh, so it stands for, so Chabad stands for chachma, bina, and das. Um, 
so loosely, we'll, we'll, we'll say this, and, and we'll, under, we'll gain layers of understanding to these concepts as, as we go on, but I'm going to give a basic understanding now. Chachma is what we'll call data or information. Somebody tells you something, and you accept it, okay? So any facts, any axioms, any bits of information, that's Chachma. Okay, so the, the raw information, as it is said over to you, um, that's the Chachma. Bina is the ability to take that information and then apply it in areas where you haven't heard. Okay? So somebody told me one thing. They didn't tell me anything about something else, a different scenario, but I can take what I've been told and then apply it to another element. I can develop it. I can, I can bring it out further. Um, that requires more than just calculative knowledge. That requires an ability to intuit to understand things more than what you've been told. Uh, computers would have a hard time with Bina. Uh, computers are excellent with Chachma, right? Computers, you tell them exactly what it is you want to tell them. They'll retain all the information. They'll you know, function based on it perfectly. Uh, the second you want a computer to do something it hasn't been programmed to do, it's at a loss, right? It doesn't have any ability to take what it's been told and apply it in a realm where it hasn't been told. That's Bina. Um, and then we have something called Das. Das is, das is true knowledge. True knowledge. Um, I know it completely. Knowing something completely. Now, what does it mean to know something completely? Um, knowing something completely is well beyond information, well beyond facts. Um, it's well beyond even intuition. It's reality. It's the absolute sense of reality. So, for example, if somebody, somebody's, uh, somebody was told that you know, fire is dangerous, it can burn you. Okay, that's chachma. That's a fact. A person then takes that information that fire is dangerous and can burn you, extrapolates that probably shouldn't go near a molten volcano either. That's applying bina. Right? You weren't told anything about a volcano, but okay. Then, when somebody gets burnt by fire, that's das. Now I know that fire burns. Right? It's not just somebody told me a fact. It's not just a data point. It's something that I'm intimately aware of. Um, I know it. I'll take another distinction between, let's say, chachma and das. If, if I went and did a research I, over, over Sukkot, I was uh, in my in-law's house, and there was a book by uh, Professor Helmreich. He wrote in, uh, probably 15, 20 years ago, about the world of yeshivas. Says professor, excellent book. He went and researched the yeshivas. He spoke to a lot of different Russian yeshivas. He spoke to a lot of the Bakran and wrote an excellent book. And it's very nuanced and very detailed. Okay? He knows the yeshiva world on a level of chachma. Yet he's never learned in yeshiva. He doesn't know what it's like to be a yeshiva Bakr. Right? He's never felt like a yeshiva Bakr before. So he has a lot of chachma about the yeshiva world. He may even be able to intuit certain things. What would a yeshiva bakr do in the following scenario? But he doesn't know the yeshiva world the same way somebody who's lived in that world knows that world. He doesn't have das of that world, right? Some people might call das experiential knowledge, except that experience isn't the only way to get there. Das means an intimate knowledge of something, a true knowledge of something. So the goal ultimately is to get to das. It's been said that 
Again, to use an analogy, Chochmah is the father, Bina is the mother, Das is the child. You understand the relationship between those three concepts. Okay. We're going to build on this. We're going to talk about it more. But let's just define those concepts. So, he starts off, Lodas Chochmah Umusr. The goal of the Sefer is not just to attain Chachma on a surface level. The goal is to take that Chachma and get it to the point where it's Das. And Musar. What's Musar? Um, Musar is... Liaser um, means to um, set something straight. To, 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 um, it's when you apply it to your actions in a, in a kind of a rebuke way. So when I take information and I apply it to my actions... Uh, in a way that rebukes me and, and changes the way that I work, that's what Musr is. And we call it Musr. It's a classic way we use the term Musr. That's what Musr is. So the idea over here is to take the Chachma, take the Musr, and to bring it to our Das, to get it to a level where we know it. And then Lahavan Imre Bina, and also to be able to have Havana of Bina, of this element of Bina, of intuition, of, of Bina that we're going to talk about. So all these things are part of what we're going to do. We're going to be touching on Chachma, we're going to be touching on Bina, we're going to be touching on Das, uh, the ultimate level being das. Okay, next positive. <coughs> to take musar haskel. Lokachas um, is the next level. Lodas is knowledge, knowing something well, we said. Lokachas is actually applying it. So a person can know something, not apply it. Lokachas is more than just what's going on in my head, right? Alokachas is to take that Musar Haskell, to take the instruction, take the Musar, apply it to my life in a way that's Haskell, in a way that's smart, in a way that's intelligent. Um, there are ways to chastise somebody in a way that's not intelligent, which usually ends up backfiring. You know, the old fire and brimstone, for some people it works, for some people it doesn't work. Musar Haskell means, um, right, we say, let's think about it in the realm of education, right? So there's a, a child that's behaving poorly. You have to instruct them and get them to change their ways, right? So just telling them that they're wrong might be Musar, but it's not Musar Haskell. It's not smart Musar, right? Smart Musar is to do it in a way that it's going to have an impact, right? So if you know if you directly go over to the kid and tell him you're a horrible person, stop what you're doing, well, that's not gonna have any effect. That might be Musar, but it's not Musar Haskell. So the idea is over here to understand and not just to, to know, but to take Musar Haskell. Uh, even with oneself, a person has to know themselves. I want to be better. I want to become a better person. Okay, well, what sort of thought processes and what sort of modes of behavior are actually going to make me better versus me just beating myself up in a way that's not going to be productive, right? That's what Musar Haskell is. Okay. The other thing we're going to understand, uh, as far as Mishle Goshlo it says, is Tzedek. Umishbat umeisharit. We're going to understand tzedek is justice, uh, righteousness. Mishbat is justice. Meisharim is what's straight. What are these things? Righteousness, justice, and fairness. They, they translate it here as um, there are certain areas where tzedek, um, where a person, there are certain areas where a person does what's right, uh, what the law requires, and that's exactly what's expected. There's certain areas where the right thing is to go above beyond the letter of the law, uh, certain areas in life. And then there's, then there's a general sense of things where there are no laws, um, where there's still a way to behave. So the three things here, Tzedek, Mishpat, and Misharim are, Tzedek is, so Mishpat is the easiest one. Mishpat is 
follow the law, right? Tzedek is to go beyond the letter of the law when it's appropriate. There are certain times where being a stickler for the law is not the appropriate thing to do. And then there's areas where there are no laws, right? And it's, it's the Wild West. Then there's something called Mesharim, something called fairness, right? To be fair, even in areas where there are no laws. So it's going to give us a, 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 a sense of how to view the world, what's fair, what's right, what's just. That's another purpose of this book of Mishlech. Okay. Now, this next verse, verse Dalit, Pasuk Dalit, now, what he's addressing here is different levels of people coming in. So, depending on your level, when you're coming in to learn Sefer Mishle, you're going to get something differently out of it. Okay? So, the first level is A pesi, uh, which, again, they sometimes translate as simpleton. A pesi is somebody who is gullible. He's gullible. Doesn't think very much. Um, doesn't have any level of cunning, and basically whatever you tell them, they go with. That's a very dangerous thing, uh, because a person who's a pessy could very easily be convinced to do something wrong. Um, and, and again, whenever we think about these terms, we're thinking on two levels. There's on the surface level, the external, with let's say other people convincing them and swindling them, and then what about their own internal, the Yitzhahara, right? So, so externally, if somebody's a pessy, somebody's a simpleton, so somebody might take advantage of them, somebody can convince them to do something wrong, and they're not cunning enough to be able to deal with it. Um, on, a, on an internal level, if a person's not cunning, so they'll follow whatever the Yetzirah tells them to do, whatever their, their desires want to do, and they don't have the cunning to be able to stop and say, wait a second, maybe I don't want to do this, right? So the goal of, 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 of Mishle is arma to give simpletons cunning. Right? The, the, the ability to, to realize, hey, you know, maybe I shouldn't be so gullible. I need to have a little cunning in life. Not to take advantage of other people, but to at least not be taken advantage of and not just blindly follow whatever anybody suggests, both externally and internally. Uh, the next one over here is Lenar Das Umazima. Lenar is a youth, okay? Uh, a youth may be cunning. Uh, you know, a youth may be smart. He may have intellect. But what a youth doesn't have is das. A youth doesn't really know anything. They like a teenager, right? They, they may have thoughts, but they really know anything, right? Like, like deeply, intimately, they don't really know anything. Their notion of good, their notion of evil, their notion of responsibility, their notion of everything is only in the realm of Chachma, right? They haven't lived anything yet. They're, they're young, they're teenagers. So they may have a surface level awareness of all these wonderful concepts of the world, but it's a very surface level awareness and they have very little das. So he says the purpose of the Sefer, if a person's a nar, a person's a teenager, a youth coming in to learn Mishle, it'll give him das. It'll give him a sense of real knowledge of something. Umizima. Mizima is strategy. Right? Teenagers may have some vague idea of where they want to go, but strategy? No. Right? No strategy with teenagers. Right? And, and part of the purpose of Mishle says Shalom is that a teenager, someone who's a nar, and this doesn't literally have to be a teenager, there's unfortunately, you know, 50-year-olds that are still teenagers in this sense, right? They don't have das, they don't have strategy. So Mishle is there to give a, a, a nar, somebody who is a nar, whether literally or, or practically, um, they give them a sense of das umazima. Okay, now, don't think that this safer is only for people who are deficient. 
right? Until now, we've described people that are deficient. So, Pesi is deficient, Anar is deficient. Pasuk Hey, Yishma Chacham v'Yosef Lekach. A Chacham, somebody who has Chachma, uh, will listen to this and he will take Lekach, meaning he'll be able to add even more. So, if you're a Chacham and you're learning Mishlei, you'll be able to gain more Chacham. Yishma Chacham v'Yosef Lekach. There's a purpose for that. V'Novoin, and for somebody who's already a Novoin, as the element of Bina, Novoin is, is the, the noun form of, of, of Bina, a Novoin, he will acquire strategies, uh, deep strategies. Uh, you know, a Novoin is somebody who has the ability to, to discern, you know, to apply knowledge in areas where it doesn't, where we hasn't heard about it, and he'll gain from the Sefer strategies. Fine. That's, that's the end of Pasuket. Okay. So, basically, Shalom Malik's writing, you'll get from the Sefer commiserate with what you are when you come in. Right? If you come in as a Pesi, you'll, you'll come out with Arma. If you come in as a Nair, you'll come out with Dasim Azima. If you come in as a Chacham, you'll come out with more Chachma. If you come in as an Oven, you'll come out with Tachbulais, with stratagems. Okay. Pasuk Vav. Lahavin Mashal Umalitza. To understand a Mashal and a Malitza. So, Mashal and Malitza. In our terms, we call the mushal is the parable and the nimshal is the lesson, right? Uh, in Shalom Melech's terms, the mushal is the lesson and the melitza is the, is the parable, the story. Um, but it means, it means the same concept. In other words, this that we talked about before, that Mishle is all mushalim. So he's saying, lahavin mushal u you'll understand both. Understand, you know, what literally an Aisha's chayal is, what does it mean to be a good wife, right? But then also on a deeper level, What's that a mushal for? What is that a lesson for? And there's a deeper lesson about the neshama, let's say, or about Torah. So Shalom Melech is laying out that in everything we write here, there's the mushal and the melitza. Understand both of them. And then divrei chachamim v'chidosam. Understand the words of chachamim and their riddles or their, their enigmas. Somebody asked me, um, I was speaking to somebody over Shabbos, and... We were talking about some you know, midrashim that, that, that speak in, in kind of a mushal form. So he asked me, he's like, why can't they just say it straight? You know, just come on and say it straight. Like, why, why can't I just, just tell it to me straight? I want to understand this. Just tell it to me straight. So I said to him, if all the chachma that exists in midrashim could be explained to you in one easy sentence, well, then it wouldn't be chachma. Right? I mean, if you can distill deep wisdom into a soundbite or a slogan, well, then there's not a lot of chachma to it. Right? You know, the fact that you're demanding that chachma, deep wisdom, is handed to you on a silver platter and a soundbite means you're not really looking for chachma. By definition, chachma means something that requires a lot of introspection, a lot of understanding, a lot of information to really get to, right? So it's impossible to give over real chachma in, in sound bites, right? And anybody who is selling sound bites or slogans is not peddling real chachma by definition. If it's something that I can explain to you like this with you having no prior knowledge or awareness of what I'm talking about, well, then obviously we're not talking about real Chachma, right? That's not real wisdom. That's, you know, that's, uh, that's, that's pop, pop wisdom, whatever you want to call it, right? 
So, Question. yes. Is that Chochmah or that? Even Chochmah. Even Chochmah. Real Chochmah is not the same thing as, you know, pop psychology. Even Chochmah is something which is acquired over time. Uh, over time and over experience and over... If it's something that I can say over to somebody with zero prior knowledge, right? That's not Chochmah. That's, that's, that's a slogan, right? Slogans aren't Chochmah. They're good for campaigns, maybe. Um, but they're, they're not good for real Chochmah, you know? Um, that's... So, so Chachamim, real Chachamim, the, the, the axioms that they say, the truths that they say are true on many levels. They're able to cut to the core of something and say, this is a core truth. Not just in this one particular circumstance, but on many levels. So a Chacham can say a line that sounds very similar to a line that a non-Chacham will say. Yet one is expressing deep Chachma and one is just saying a line, right? On the surface, they might sound the same, right? But one is born out of a true understanding of the world a true understanding of things, a real experience. I've gotten to the core of the issue. It's true on many, many levels. This is a core truth, right? Versus this is a slogan that I once experienced and it was true in my circumstance, so therefore it's good. You know, it's like marriage advice, right? There's certain advice that people can give. Well, I was once in a circumstance where this happened and I said this, so it works. So I'll get up there and say, keto, a perfect marriage is whatever. That's not real chachma. That's telling over a story. You know, I, this one's happened and this one, I once did this. Core Chachma is, I, I understand what the husband is. I understand what a wife is. I understand what causes those problems in the relationships. And based on that understanding of everything, then you're able to say, okay, so when a husband does this, it's good for a marriage. You know, that's coming from a place of Chachma. It's not just, you know, a slogan um, or, or a line. So, the Chachamim specifically, when they speak, they a lot of times speak in riddles. Why? Why can't you just say it as the surface level? And the answer is, is because they don't want it to be misunderstood. Right? It's very easy, if I say something that on the surface sounds smart, to be misunderstood. When I say it as a riddle, those who have enough Chachma to understand what I'm talking about will immediately understand what I'm talking about. And those who have no idea will just gloss over it. Many, many Midrashim, many, many Gemaras, especially Agatha Gemaras, talk in this way. The reason why they're said this way is because they're meant to be Chachma for people who are Chachamim to understand them. <laughs> and for people who aren't Chachamim, you know, we don't, we don't want to say things that are going to be misunderstood. So, okay, we'll say something which, uh, you know, sounds nonsensical and you move on. Yes? Is there a chance, though, that, that nonsensical will lead to misunderstandings and all. Yeah, but there's less of a chance than if I actually said it as something that seemed understandable. Ah. Because if I say something that doesn't really have much of a surface understanding, so there's less of a chance that it'll lead to confusion and mistakes than if I say something that seems to have an understanding on the surface level. Right? Okay. <clears throat> Fine. So that's the introduction. We've just finished the introduction to Sefer Mishle. Again, the purpose of the Sefer in a general sense to gain all sorts of aspects of knowledge and wisdom um, to not simply be a repository for uh, you know, knowledge in our heads, but to take that, uh, practice it in the form of Musr, uh, for the guide us, for it to, to move us. Um, 
That is the idea of Mishlei. Okay, so very noble task. Let's 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 have at it. Okay, very beginning here. Now we're starting. So uh, he says these in statements. They're like statements, little parables. Yiras Hashem reishes das. Chokma umusser evilim kozu. Fear of God is the beginning of wisdom or of knowledge of das. Chokma umusser. Evilim, which are, uh, so how do they translate Evilim over here? Um, fools. Scorn. Chachmumus. Now, let's really understand this. This is, a, this is the very first line in Mishlei, I mean, after the introduction. This is the first line. So this is obviously something of primary importance. Uh, if we think about this verse for a second, on the surface, it doesn't make so much sense. Yerushalayim is a wonderful thing. It's good to have fear of heaven. What's that got to do with wisdom? Why can't I be a wise person and not fear Hashem? I'm very smart. I learned a lot. I'm very astute, right? I've studied the world. I've studied people. I've even learned Torah. I'm very wise. I just don't fear Hashem. Of course, Yerushalayim is important. And to say, if you wanted to make a statement that, that Yerushalayim is, is, is the key to Olam Haba and the key to serving Hashem, 100%, no problems, Right? But Yerushalayim Reish's Das, the beginning of, of, of understanding is Yerushalayim? What does one have to do with the other? Why is Yerushalayim the gateway to Das? Learning is the gateway to Das. Right? Maybe learning Torah is the gateway to Das. Maybe listening to the Chachamim is the gateway to Das. Yerushalayim is the gateway to Das. Okay. And let's look at the end of the Pasuk. Chachma umusr evilim bazu. Fools scorn chachma umusr. They scorn it. They just don't have it. I mean, they scorn it. Fools are just fools. So they don't have chachma umusr. If I ask you to define a fool, a fool is someone who doesn't have wisdom. Someone who scorns wisdom is a fool? I mean, maybe it's foolish to scorn wisdom, right? But it doesn't mean if you had to define a, a, a fool... Somebody who lacks Chachma, he just lacks Chachma. doesn't mean he scorns Chachma. Right? And Musr, what does Musr have to do with anything? Right? This is the very first, very first verse. Um, okay. So let me explain it the following way. <coughs> this is so, this, I, I read this from Rav Dessler. I'm applying my own understanding to this, but Rav Dessler says the following thing. You know, in today's world, we love to listen to experts, right? The experts, the experts say this, the experts say that, you know, many, many headlines out there, the experts, you know, the experts say, the experts say, the experts say. Rezessa says there is zero value to listening to experts. Zero value. Why? What do you mean? They're the experts, right? So, this is my spin on what he's saying. Obviously, my words, not his words. But he says, if you have an expert that I know before you open your mouth what you're going to say, right? I'll give an example. Right? We just went through the, the pandemic a couple of years ago. So, there was the expert, right? Who was the expert? Dr. Fauci was the expert. Now, I'm not denying his knowledge. He probably has more knowledge about, about infectious diseases than, you know, probably almost anybody in the country. Yet I knew before he got up to speak what he was going to say. Regardless of whatever the data of the studies was, right? 
I knew pretty much where he was going. Right? We all knew where he was going. And the data, the studies, the knowledge, that was just there to back up whatever the agenda was. Right? Cesar of Dessler, here's the, here's the secret. You could have all the wisdom in the world, you could have all the chachma in the world. At the end of the day, you're going to make decisions based on what you want. And what you want has nothing to do with your chachma. He calls it ratzen. Ratzen doesn't come from chachma. He says, as a matter of fact, you look and study the things that you study because you want to study them. Ratzen drives your chachma. So what happens? You could be the biggest chachma in the world. Right? At the end of the day, your decision making has nothing to do with your chachma. Your decision making is 100% based on your ratzen. And the chachma is just used to make it sound smart and intelligent and justify it. That's how we work. So what value is there in listening to experts? They just have better ways of explaining why what they want to do is the thing that we ought to do. And a guy who doesn't have chachma will just say, I want to do it because I want to do it. And the guy who has chachma will say, let's do it because X, Y, and Z. But really what he's saying is, I want to do this, so let's do it. Very, very penetrating insight. Says of Desser, so why do we listen to the Chachamim, our Gedolim? Why do we listen to them? Says of Desser, not because of their Chachma, but because their Ratzin is the Emes. Their Ratzin is what Hashem wants. So they have a bias too. They also have a Ratzin. But what is their Ratzin? What Hashem wants. Right? I was talking to somebody recently, you know, the whole, the whole thing in, uh, in New York with the, the schools and the, and, the, and the government coming in. So this person wasn't, wasn't religious. And he says, no, you know, I have no problem. He says, the only thing is, you know, why are you, why don't you give the kids a chance? You know, give, let them, give them an objective view of the world. You know, don't, don't tell them how they should see things. Let them explore the world and make their own decision. On the basis of objectivity. Of objectivity. Why give them a subjective view of the world when you can give them an objective view of the world? Meaning don't tell them anything and let them go figure it out for themselves. Okay? Now listen to this truth. What that person is calling objectivity is absolute subjectivity. And what he's calling subjectivity is absolute objectivity. Not having any instruction and guideline in the world of how to view things is simply saying, so go with what you want. Which without any framework or guidelines is taiva, chemda, kovit. That's what the rotsin is. The only way you can be objective is if your bias is towards the only objective truth in the world is what Hashem wants. Hashem is the only source of objectivity in the world. So if I raise somebody to think of everything and their bias is what does Hashem want, that's objectivity. Anything else is subjectivity to what I want. It's the ultimate subjectivity. So let's get back to Shlom HaMelech. Yiras Hashem Reishis Das. The beginning of any sort of understanding 
is Yeres Hashem. You first have to be objective. If you're subjective, you will never get to the truth. You will never get to the ability to, to understand something. I once heard from David Gottlieb. He said, religious scientists are way more objective than atheistic ones. He says an atheistic scientist has to have a scientific explanation for everything. So even they're heavily biased to have a scientific explanation. Right? That's their whole platform. Their whole life depends on it. So even if the evidence doesn't really support the theory, but they're heavily biased to find some sort of scientific explanation. It's an inherent bias in atheistic scientists. Whereas a religious scientist doesn't have to have a scientific explanation for everything. And therefore he's free to say, <laughs> well, the evidence doesn't really support this scientific theory. Okay, so I don't understand it. Hashem. Having that out, so to speak, for a religious scientist makes him way more objective. Whereas an atheistic scientist doesn't have that out. Right? There's no out. If it's not scientific, it's got to be scientific. Right? There's no other, there's no other way. So there has to be some sort of scientific explanation for this. Well, that's a heavy bias. That's a heavy bias. Okay, so Yeras Hashem reaches that. Why is Yeras Hashem the beginning? Wisdom requires objectivity. If you're going to be subjective, then whatever you hear, you're just going to filter it through your own worldview. You're not going to get smarter. You're going to get more foolish. Okay, that's number one. You want to get, be a Chacham, says Shlomo Melech. The first step is you have to have objectivity. And the only way to get that objectivity is Yeras Hashem. The end of the Pasuk. What's an Evil? An Evil is a fool. Now, there's different types of people that don't have Chacham. Shalom Melech is defining the, almost the worst of them is the fool. What's the fool? The fool is somebody who has Chachma, really. Meaning he's heard it all. He's not, a, he's, he's not ignorant. He's smart. He understands everything. He's heard everything. He's capable of understanding everything. The problem is, he wants to do what he wants to do. He wants to do what he wants to do. Therefore, he scorns Chachma. He rejects Chachma. Not because it doesn't make sense to him. Not because he's too, uh, too uh, <coughs> you know, uh, immature or what, uh, not too immature, but he's, 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 he's too ignorant to be able to understand it. But because he doesn't want it to be true. He scorns it. I can't accept that reality because I don't want it to be true. Because if it was true, I'd have to change my behavior. So the real fool, Sashlava Melech, is not the one whose IQ is not so high. It's the one who rejects Chachma. He may in his mind think he's being smart and rejecting it on the grounds that, well, it's, it's not proven or whatever it is. This is the real reason you're rejecting it is because you scorn it. You don't like it. You don't like facts that don't allow you to be the person you want to be. They don't allow you to do the things that you want to do. So you reject Chachma and Musa. You have, a, you, have a, you have a disdain for it. That's an evil. That's the, the hallmark. So what Shlomo Malik is saying here is we're going to talk about Chachma. But the objectivity and our ability to retain this chachma depends on our attitude and our objectivity. What's our desire? What's our rotten? Do we want Hashem's chachma? Do we want to see the world the way Hashem sees it? Or do we want to do what we want to do? If we want to do what we want to do, you're never going to get chachma because we'll end up being the evil who hates, who scorns chachma. And every time you hear something which is real chachma, you'll find a way to reject it because it's against what you really want. You really want to do what you want to do. Okay. Um, I guess let's stop here for today. It's 8.45. Um.
and we'll meet again next week. Thank you very much.